Good evening. It is absolutely wonderful to be here tonight. We've had uh, just an amazing day of being able to worship our God, and it has been a good day of worship. I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking to many of you today and just enjoying the fellowship that we have. Uh, thank you so much for the songs, Austin. You did a fantastic job. And I'd like to thank all the men who have been serving today. Uh, if you're a visitor with us, we'd like to thank you for being here tonight. And uh, if you are a member, I'm so thankful to have you here as well. I'd like to start off um, by saying that I have uh, messed up tremendously in my life. A lot of times I have done uh, wrong, I've done evil, I've done wicked. I very much appreciate... Jeff's uh, Lord's Supper talk this morning, because it really just it resonated with me greatly, that I have just done so much in my life that I have regret over, that I um, really found it hard to move past. And honestly, I think it's nice to be able to admit that. I think it's nice to be able to stand here today and tell you that, hey, I've messed up a lot of my life. Because uh, it's really not something that the, the world would think is normal. They really look down on being able to admit your weaknesses. Um, but I think that what comes with being a Christian is that all of us at some point in our, real, in our life have to realize that we have done wrong. That uh, we are unclean. And that the only way for us to be clean, to be saved, is, is through Jesus. Uh, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, has a great description of sin. We have all become like one who is unclean. And our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Sin is just a, uh, it's a dirty thing. It's something that, that covers us if, if we live in it. It pollutes us. Uh, it's like a polluted garment. No, no matter even if we do any righteous deeds, it's still stained by the fact that we're covered with sin. And as I got to thinking about this, as I got to thinking about it this morning during, during Jeff's uh, talk, I realized that I have never really received what I deserve for all of that sin, for all that evil. When I look back on some of the things that I have done in my life, I realize that what, what I deserve for most of it, I just, it hasn't come to me. Uh, the book of Lamentations, where I'm going to go next, it gives a, a pretty stark description of uh, the people of God being, being punished for sin. Uh, Lamentations is a very interesting book. It's a um, poetic book. It's a series of poems. I believe the first four are acrostic. They each begin with, the, uh, with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet in succession. Um, first two are 22 verses. The third chapter is 66, I believe. Very interesting book, and, and in this, during this time, the, uh, the book is attributed to the prophet Jeremiah, and this is during the time uh, when Judah has been captured by Babylon, they've been uh, overthrown by the Babylonians, and in this book, 
Israel is described as a woman. A woman that is called, uh, that is so beautiful that she is called the perfection of beauty and the joy of the whole earth. She was a, a princess, royalty. Every man wanted her. Uh, she was honored. She was loved. She had friends. And then we see that in this description, in this book, that the friends turn on her. That they uh, do evil against her. That she is robbed. That she is defaced of her beauty. That she is mocked. That she is turned into slavery. That her children are turned to slaves. And, you know, whenever you're uh, looking at all this, um, like I mentioned, uh, Israel is not... Uh, innocent in all of this. What, what, what was the cause of her downfall? Well, uh, first I'm going to start in chapter 1, verse 1, and I'm going to read just some of these verses that, uh, that describes the destruction. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow is she, who is great among the nations. The princess among the provinces has become a slave she weeps bitterly in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into captivity under affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. And we move down to verse 8. What is the cause of all this? What is the cause of this turmoil? Jerusalem has sinned gravely. Therefore, she has become vile. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yes, she sighs and turns away. The sin that, that Judah caused, uh, or uh, partook of, keep turning away from God, caused her to be vile. And it did what, what sin does. It caused death. Caused death to the point that God could not bear it anymore. And Jerusalem understood um, what, understood that God had to do what he had to do. If you move down to verse 18, the Lord is righteous. For I rebelled against his commandment. Hear now all peoples and behold my sorrow. My virgins have and my young men have gone into captivity. We see in, in this verse that Jerusalem understood. Understood that the, the vileness of her sin had, had caused all this to happen. They understood that their vileness was something that deserved punishment. And the righteous and, and the Lord is righteous because he decided to stand with his word and what he had said against that. And that is just it's it's hard to think about because man, I just look back in my in my life and I realize the things that I have done, the things that make me vile, the things that make me wicked. Uh, Rebecca and I were watching a, uh, an episode of Andy Griffith the other week, and uh, in this episode, Floyd Lawson, the barber, um, has been 
corresponding with someone, with a lady, through, uh, he was writing mail to her, and he uh, lied to her. He, he didn't tell her that he was a barber, he told her that he was some sort of CEO of some company, and she decided that she was going to come down to Mayberry and meet Floyd, she really wanted to meet him, and obviously Floyd is distraught about this because he's been lying this entire time, and whenever Andy is trying to talk to him, Floyd keeps looking in the mirror, and he keeps saying, Floyd Lawson, you wretch, you miserable wretch, and I just feel like I, I do that a lot of time, or I have done that in the past so many times. <clears throat> but when I look at this, again, I realize that I have never gotten what I truly deserve. And the reason for that, the reason why I have have not gotten what I deserve from the things that I have done in the past is because the Lord our God, the Lord my God, our awesome Heavenly Father is way more than what we deserve. 1 John chapter 9 says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life is way more than I deserve. But I have it. As long as I love God, strive to do what He, what he has said, I have it. But, you know, what still, what still bothers me, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and um, kind of the reason why I gathered this all together is, you know, knowing what I do about the fact that I deserve uh, so much pain, destruction, and that I've been saved by it, it, it bothers me how much of the time I spend um, in, in struggles and turmoils, thinking that I shouldn't go through them, thinking that I deserve more, it's hard for me not to, as I go through trials and tribulations and struggles, not to grow weary, to grow angry. The first couple of chapters talks about um, the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of, uh, and all of the suffering that the people had. Uh, and then we move to chapter 3. And chapter 3 is a lot more personal. It is written um, by the prophet describing all of his afflictions that are going on at this time. I'm going to start reading in, in uh, verse 1 of chapter 3. <clears throat> I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has led me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely he has turned his hand against me time and again throughout the day. He has aged my flesh and my skin. And broken my bones, he has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and woe. He has set me in dark places like the dead of long ago. He has hedged me in so that I cannot get out. He has made my chain heavy even when I cry and shout. He shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my paths crooked. 
He has been to me, a bear lying in wait like a lion in ambush. He has turned aside my ways and torn me in pieces. He has made me desolate. He has bent his bow and set me up as a target for the arrow. He has caused the arrows of his quiver to pierce my loins. I have become the ridicule of all my people. Their taunting song all the day. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drink wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel and covered me with ashes. You have moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity, and I have said, My strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. These are hard, hard verses to read. Um, they are just, it's so hard to, to see someone talking about our God that way. But yet, when I, when I look at how I act in, in trials, how I act in tribulations, I find myself doing this a lot. Maybe not in so many words, but I find myself growing weary and, and angry a lot of the times. Why am I going through this? And I find it interesting. I don't know that he... Uh, is actually blaming God in this situation, or if he just is stating the fact that God is in control of everything. Um, but I, it's just such a, it's really a hard thing to read. Now, a lot of the things that we've talked about so far that, that we've looked at, um, really, uh, Lamentations lives up to its name in the, in the beginning of it. It is a very, uh, it is lamenting. It is pain. It's, it's heartache. It's suffering. We see a lot of that in the beginning of this, in this book. But, Lamentations, if, if you haven't read it in a while, or if you haven't read it, is one of the most encouraging books because of what the prophet is about to pen in the next few verses. Some of the most beautiful verses in Scripture. In verse 19, we see a little bit of a change. We see a little bit of a change of mood start going on. Remember my affliction and roaming, the wormwood and the gall, my soul still remembers and sinks within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Isn't that interesting? The, the prophet is sitting there thinking about all of, these, all of these tribulations that he has listed. He's thinking about all of this pain that he has suffered. And it's so great. The pain is so great that his soul is sinking within him. But what is the, the emotion that comes out of this. Hope. Why? And then he drops it. Are you ready for this? Hold on to your seats. He drops some of the greatest verses in Scripture right here. Because through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, and therefore I hope in him. That is just amazing. That is great. So amazing. The prophet has hope. Because even remembering all of this pain, even remembering all of his heartache, he, he realizes that I am not consumed. The people are not consumed. Remember what we deserve. Remember what I talked about I deserve. We deserve death. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin are death. We've all lived in sin. God pronounced upon the Amalekites complete and total annihilation because, that they, uh, because of what they have done against him and against his people. Being completely consumed is what we really deserve. 
when we stop and think about it. But, and consumption is what I completely deserve. But because of the Lord's mercy, because of the, the mercy that God has had on us, we are not consumed. No matter what trials I go through in my life, I'm not completely consumed. Even though I may, even though I may die, I am not completely consumed. And John eleven twenty five says to Martha, Jesus says to Martha, after the death of her brother, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. <clears throat> Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And praise God for that. Praise God that his, his compassions are new every morning because I am not new every morning. I, no matter how, how much I try and I struggle to be perfect for the Lord, I sin every day. And it is so hard. But the Lord's compassions fail not. They are new every single morning. Great is his faithfulness. And what, what do you think of um, when you think of faithfulness? You know, you think about uh, not betraying, uh, being true. You probably think of your spouse, a close friend. A spouse is probably the, the closest, closest thing to it because they know a lot about you. They know about your thoughts. They know a lot about, uh, about you from living with you. Uh, but think about this. God is faithful, completely and totally, to the point that he knows everything about us. He knows uh, what we've done. He knows what we think. He knows what we're going to do. He knows every single thing, every single thought that we ever will have, even those really bad ones that you really, really don't want to think. He knows everything about you. And yet, he is faithful to you. In my trials... In my struggles, even though I may grow weary and I may grow angry, God is still faithful to me. And that gives me hope. In verse 24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Um, this, this, this sentence the Lord is my portion. It made me think of the, the Levites. If you will turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. The priests, the Levites, all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offering offerings of the Lord made by fire and his portion. Therefore they shall have no inheritance among their, uh, among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance as he said to them and this shall be the priest's due from all the people. From those who offer a sacrifice whether it is bull or sheep they shall give, it, uh, give to the priest the shoulder, the cheeks, and the stomach the first fruits of your grain and your new wine and your oil and the, and the first of the fleece of your sheep. You shall give to them 
For the Lord your God has chosen him out of all of your tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons forever. So if a Levite comes from any of your gates, from where he dwells among all of Israel, and comes with the desire of his mind to the place which the Lord chooses, then he may serve in the name of the Lord his God, as all the brethren, the Levites do, who stand before the Lord. They shall have equal portions to eat, besides what comes from the sale of his inheritance. We see in this section of scripture that the, the Levites did not receive a portion like the rest of uh, the rest of the tribes did not receive land. They did not receive um, of, of earthly things. They received God. And what I, what I see from the scripture is they not only received God, but they received God who supplied for them. Their every need took care of them. The Lord is my portion. Though I may not have... Uh, though I may not have money, though I may not have, you know, whatever it is that we kind of consider the treasures and the inheritance of this life, it doesn't matter because I have God. God is my inheritance, and He sustains me and fills every need. Great is our Lord. <clears throat> I've, I really have not gotten what I deserve in this life, but I pray that as I go through my life, that I will just never forget that I have received more than I deserve. And, um, you know, it's hard for me to, uh, to say things like this. Um, you, you may look at me and say, eh, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. He's not really going through any kind of uh, struggles right now. And um, I have gone through struggles in my life, but you're right. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed uh, beyond compare. But... Uh, there's, a, there's another cause of Israel's downfall, not just sin, but if you will turn back to chapter 1, verse 9 of Lamentations. Verse 9, it says that her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. She did not consider her destiny. She did not consider her future. Do you think that when you're in the middle of a, of a car accident, when you're like right in the thick of things, that's the best time to think about installing airbags? It's not, usually. You, you want to make sure that your car has airbags by the time you get into that situation. Now is the best time for me to... Think about who my anchor is going to be. Because I am going to go through struggles in this life. That's what comes with this life. This life is not heaven. This, this life is not perfection. God is perfection. So I will go through struggles in this life. And I'm choosing now to try my hardest and to pray every day that when those struggles come, when those waves hit, the Lord is who I anchor myself in. That I remember, I've got to read it again, that I remember that though through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. 
I hope it am. I want to close uh, tonight by turning over to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, in verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinance, and you have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? That's kind of the question that I want us um, to all think about tonight. Have we, have we turned away from God? Do we uh, find cause to be angry at him? In what way shall we return? If you are um, struggling tonight, uh, with any prayers that you need, we ask that you please come forward. And um, the question is easy for those who uh, have not been baptized, who have not put on the name of Christ. In what way shall you return by giving your life over to him? And we ask that you please come forward and be baptized while we stand and as we sing.